So this topic is, um, is a really difficult topic actually. I found it really difficult to prepare for it because jealousy is not something that we think about that much about ourselves. Maybe we think we will say that somebody else is jealous, but it's really painful to admit that I am jealous and to, to, to actually be very specific in where your jealousy is because usually the person that you're very jealous of you hate and you don't want to admit that you hate them because you have labeled them as a bad person because that makes you feel like you're good that you are jealous if you follow. We'll talk about that more. Um, so last week we talked about when love and hate collide. Um, and a little bit of how it feels to be jealous and you know when I gave examples of people who are jealous and um, and how that your jealousy is not actually we think it's towards a person but it's actually towards a thing and that's um, yeah that, and, like no actually sorry he said that we 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 should not love things we should love people and when we are jealous that makes our love misfocused and makes us focus our love on things and objects. I was looking for famous people who are jealous and I found a couple of funny pictures. This one is Sophia Loren, I don't know if those of you who know of her, but um, she's looking at a part of this next to her neighbor that I, cu I cut out the picture because it was too revealing, but even famous people get jealous. And this picture of Mo Saw that was all over uh, Facebook recently, the football player, and another famous Chris, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, famous football player, behind him looking at him jealousy. So it affects all of us. So sorry, can I get a cup of water? Yes. Anyone? Sorry, guys, I spilt mine, as you know. Oh, is that for me? Yeah. Okay, I have one. Sorry. <clears throat> okay, so usually when I give a talk, I like to give examples from my own life. But jealousy is such a shameful feeling, and it's so embarrassing, it was very difficult for me to find examples that I felt comfortable to share with everybody. Because I am sure that I have felt jealous of people in the room here, and if I give examples, you'll know who I'm talking about. So I, I can't give examples, I'm so embarrassed and I'm so ashamed, but jealousy affects all of us and it brings out the ugliness inside ourselves. This is uh, from Lord of the Rings. This is a thing still showing pictures. Yeah. So this is um, someone called Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. He started off as a normal person, well, as a hobbit, but a normal hobbit. And he, he found this ring and he became obsessed with this ring. And he did everything that he could to keep this ring. And over years and years and years, move it? Or oh, it's my hair? It's my, also my first time to use a wireless mic. Okay. I can hold one if that's easier. Okay, here we go. Um, yeah, so he, he was obsessed with this ring and he destroyed all of his relationships around him because he wanted this ring. He murdered and, and over time he transformed into this disfigured person that you wouldn't even recognize was him before and that's what jealousy does to us I was thinking before I started the talk why why are we even talking about jealousy okay I'm jealous of people why does it really matter what does that have to do with God well you know what jealousy puts a barrier between us and the people around us without even realizing and jealousy is so sneaky we don't realize that we're jealous and we justify ourselves and then it stops us from having free open relationships with people and there's no way for love to work if you if you're like jealous of other people there's no way to have like real love for those others maybe we're gonna go through some examples and I need your help to pinpoint things that maybe some of us are jealous of so first of all we want to try and to make this personal let's try and think each one of us where you're sitting who are you honestly honestly 
the most jealous of. We don't like to admit it, but I want us to examine ourselves a little bit, or this week, you will notice your mind will, will see somebody or see something on Facebook and you'll be so really, really jealous of that person. There's a story, funny story, that there were two shopkeepers and they both had stores opposite one another and they were really competitive. So whenever a customer would walk into one of the shops, the other shopkeeper would see and he'd be like, I wonder what they're buying, how much they're spending. So jealous because this is their livelihood and they're trying to up their game and copy one another and whatever. So one time an angel appeared to one of these shopkeepers and he told him, look, I will bless you and I'll give you whatever you ask for. But whatever you ask for, I will give your neighbor two of that. So the shopkeeper's like, oh, come on now. So if I ask for, I don't know, like the fanciest shop in the world, he's going to have an even bigger, fancier shop. Or if I ask for whatever, he's going to have two of that. So he thought and thought of this. He's very jealous. Do you know what he asked for? He said, okay, pluck out one of my eyes. So that the shopkeeper, this is obviously not true, but the shopkeeper opposite would lose both of his eyes. And that's what jealousy makes us do without even realizing subconsciously, makes us behave like that towards the person that we're jealous of. Okay, so most of us are on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. I have an Instagram account. I hardly use it because I don't know much about it, but I do have a Facebook account. So Facebook really enables jealousy like it's the number one tool for jealousy so i want us to look at this picture shout out for me what are things you're scrolling through facebook one day and you see this picture and it comes up on your screen what could you potentially not you of course because none of us are ever jealous but if you were inclined to be jealous what could make you jealous in this picture pardon they're on vacation you know those people who are always on vacation their pictures are always like with a beach background and ah okay what else could you be jealous of in this picture Somewhere hot, somewhere lovely and warm. What else could we be jealous of? Their kids aren't fighting. Their kids are not fighting. Their kids look good. They're clean. What else could we be jealous of? The woman can wear white, right? Yes. I'm only wearing a white cardigan because the Buddha told me I needed pockets for my mic today, but I don't normally wear white. What else? You could be jealous that their grandparents are still alive. You could be jealous that they're married. You could be jealous that they have health to run. There are so many things that you could be jealous of in this picture. Okay, next one. What could we be jealous of in this picture? Sorry? He's in Europe. Yeah, he's in London. London is the best city in the world. Just kidding. Just kidding. Toronto is. What else could we be jealous of in this picture? You. Sorry, he has hair, yeah. What else could you be, yeah, yeah. It really, it's like each person, it's what, what gets you. And looking at this picture, jealousy can rear its ugly eye and attack each one of us. What else? You could be jealous of his car. You could be jealous that you got the black car and you wish you got the white portion instead. You could be jealous and wish that you were married to him. Or you could be wish that you were him. Okay, what else in this picture could we be jealous of? She's engaged, you know that picture, yeah? You're like, ah, oh. or that my ring wasn't bigger. Why didn't I choose a bigger ring when it was my turn? Or why didn't he propose to me on the beach? Or what else could we be? So this picture, this doctor is apparently the most handsome doctor in the world. It's a real doctor in New York, apparently. What else could we be jealous of in these pictures? He is a doctor. Yeah, yeah, he's a, like, he didn't have to get glasses and be a nerd like those of us are wearing lenses right now, but, you know, who had to study hours to become a doctor. What else? He lives in New York, yeah? The greatest city in the world. 
What else? The, uh, the girl in the office, she works from home. I wish I could work from home. Or she has space to have an office in her house. Or she has a Mac. So many things that we could be jealous of. And these things are surrounding us all the time. And if we open that window to jealousy, it can, it can pop in at the least expected places. Okay. So I, again, I just try and let's all keep in mind what are we jealous of or who are we jealous of. This is a picture of a story from the Bible in the Old Testament, Naboth's vineyard. The guy in the picture you see here is called King Ahab and his wife, Queen Jezebel. You may have heard of her, a very evil woman, like one of the most evil women. So one day, he was a king, right? He has everything he'd want. He saw that his next-door neighbor had a beautiful vineyard. His next-door neighbor was not super wealthy, was not a king, was nothing special, but he had this vineyard. And we all know how much we like our grapes. Right? He's like, I need to have this vineyard for myself. He just woke up one day. He's like, I got to have it. So he went to Naboth and he said, please give me your vineyard. I will give you whatever you want. Naboth says, I'm sorry, I can't. The law says, like there is law at the time, that this is our inheritance and I can't just give it away. I have to keep it in the family. So Ahab went back home and he sulked like crazy. And he went into bed and he was like, oh, like, he's a grown man, right? Oh, I can't handle it. When I was telling this story to Abuna, he's like, yeah, he's Middle Eastern. What are you going to do? This is what Middle Eastern men do. <laughs> he like went into bed and he's like pointing over there. He's like, I want that vineyard. And he couldn't eat. And he was so upset and it was just disturbing his peace so much. And that actually happens to us. I don't know if you've ever been invited somewhere. And you don't want to go because you know you're going to be jealous when you go. You know that when you go to this party, so-and-so is just going to look so much nicer than you. And you just don't want to go because you don't want to have that horrible feeling inside. Or you don't want to, I don't know, somebody's celebrating buying a new house. And you don't want to go because you know that their house is going to be so much nicer than yours. Or whatever it might be. Your, choose your thing that really just, ah. So, um, anyway, so his wife made, made um, an evil plan to find some witnesses to witness against Naboth and say that he was indeed an evil man. And they did. And because in those days the law was if you witnessed against somebody, two witnesses, and they said this guy's really bad, then they were allowed to kill him. So they killed Naboth. And then Ahab got his vineyard. Hooray! God punished him shortly after and his whole family ended in disaster. But this is what we do all the time. We find somebody that we're jealous of. This is a picture of... Um, oh, Jeff Bezos or Bezos or I don't know how you say his name. He's the, the CEO of Amazon. I think him and Bill Gates flip-flop between being the most richest people in the world, the two of them. Lucky guys. <laughs> so when we're jealous, we're usually jealous of a specific person. Okay? And what we do to, to make ourselves feel that we're not jealous and we're not bad people, we try and find something bad about that person. Oh, you know what? Jeff, yeah, he's the wealthiest, most successful guy in the world. But you know what? He, I bet you he's a really bad dad. I'm a much better dad. I sacrificed my career so I could be the best dad. You know, he's a bad dad. He's successful, but he's a bad guy. He's actually really bad. So what we start to do is we start to justify our, our hatred and justify our jealousy. Um, and then what happens, we start to become resentful. And this all happens without us even realizing. Because you start to really believe that so-and-so is actually really bad. I'm so much better than them because they're so bad. And then we start to resent a whole group of people. We start to resent all the CEOs of all these companies because they're richer than us. But we say it's not because they're richer. It's because they don't care about their families. They're not family people or whatever it might be in your case. So you start to hate Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, although he's Elon, Elon's having his own difficulties these days. <laughs> and we start to get really bitter. And that comes out without us even realizing, like, uh, what's his name, Smeagol, at the beginning, we start to become 
this ugly person from inside and it starts to eat us up and it starts to hurt us. There's another story of two eagles. The two eagles were jealous of one another. So one of the eagles, one day he saw a hunter and he went up to the hunter and he's like, dude, why don't you go and shoot down this eagle over there? He's a really good catch. He's like, oh, the sportsman said, yeah, that's a great idea. Give me one of your feathers to shoot the arrow at him. So he took one of the feathers from the eagle and shot it, but he missed. He's like, give me another feather. I think I need two more. And he kept taking feathers from the eagle and trying to aim at the other eagle till the end, the eagle who was so jealous had no feathers left. And the huntsman grabbed him. He couldn't escape from him. And he, you know, was like, I don't know what you do with eagles if you're a hunter, but <laughs> eat them or trophy. I don't know. Anyway, but that's what happens to us when we're jealous. We unwittingly, to the devil, we are giving ourselves, giving our soul kind of to the devil and, and not allowing the Holy Spirit to work freely in our lives, not allowing ourselves to love the people. And actually, when you look at it, that person's probably a really, really good person. You could probably be really good friends, but you're not because jealousy's eagle, evil head, eagle head, evil head is like right there in the middle. Okay. Another story from the Old Testament. Perhaps you know it. So, there was a, a king, again, the first king of Israel. So he was like a big deal. He's a really big deal. He had a lot of honor. People were like really revered him, whatever. And he was very successful. And then one day, David, this little scrawny lad, comes and kills Goliath. Then the women, they all come running out with their timbrels and their fans and whatever they're doing and singing, wow, Saul killed thousands and David killed tens of thousands. Then Saul heard the song. And that just rubbed him up the wrong way. Has anybody ever complimented somebody in front of you and you know that actually, no, they didn't do all the work. I did it. Or no, actually, they had so many people helping them. Like, I'll tell you a funny one. Like, for example, somebody will come and compliment somebody about how tidy and clean their house. And you know they have a nanny. Yeah. And you're like, you want to say, no, but they have a nanny. I do my home myself. I actually usually have a cleaner, but she's been off for three weeks. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, because you're so jealous of so-and-so, you want, you want to say something bad about them. You want to vindicate yourself, even though there's no reason to vindicate yourself. Nobody said anything bad about you. They said something good sometimes. So same thing happened with Saul. And it says that from that time, he kept a close eye on David. And that's often what happens with us. Who are you keeping a close eye on? Who, when they walk into the room, you don't want to look at them. You just want to like... But you don't want them to know that you're looking. You want to see what they're wearing today or what car did they pull up to church in today or you know, what marks did they get in, their in your class. And it just kills you knowing that they did better than you in something. It just kills you. And that's what happened with Saul. And it said, the next verse, I don't have it up here, said an evil spirit entered him from that day. That's what happens to us. But we have good news in this series. We are going to discover what to do about it. And don't be hard on yourself. We ignore it because we don't want to admit it. But let's all admit it together and find healing for it because God will help us out with this. He's not just going to point this out and leave us to, you know, to hang dry. Okay. So again, before we continue on, I want you just to take a second think. Honestly, honestly, you don't have to tell me, tell anybody else who just, ugh, their name just makes your blood boil and you're really, it's because you're actually jealous of them. You wish you were them. You wish you had what they had. You wish you were as successful and whatever it might be. Who is that person that you wish you had that little part of their life, whatever it may be? Take a second, just maybe close your eyes for literally a second. And because if you don't label it, we're not, we're, this is all going to be theory. So let's label it between us and God. Okay. 
I hope you've been able to label it or a group of people that you're really, that just, ah, you wish you were them or you wish you had it like as good as them. Okay. Says also in the Bible, this is why also it's so important for us to, to deal with jealousy. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. That's what, when we let jealousy reign free, we are a murderer. And you know who you're murdering most? Is ourselves. That's who we're murdering the most, ourselves. When we let jealousy just reign free and justify ourselves and whatever. And by the way, this talk is for me. When I, before I was preparing, I told my mom, I called mama and I was like, mommy, I feel so inadequate to give this talk about jealousy and I just, I feel like I, I shouldn't be me and whatever. She's like, no, no, no. You know why God told you, chose this talk for you? Because you need to listen to the talk first of all. I was like, oh, okay. So that made it a lot easier to give because now I feel like I'm talking to myself more than I'm talking to everybody else. But Okay, so now we're going to look at lies that we believe. When we're jealous, what are the three lies that we really believe and they make us wild with jealous envy? Okay, number one lie that we believe is that person must be so happy. They must be so happy that they have a size, I don't know, in English size, is it size 10 is really nice size. I don't know, Canadian size 6, I don't know what's a good size. <laughs> but they have such a nice waist. Or they must be so lucky, they wake up in the morning, their hair is just perfect and straight. Or so-and-so must be so lucky, they don't even have to try to study and they get top marks. Or so-and-so must be so happy because they have such a great circle of friends around. Whatever it may be. So-and-so must be so lucky because and put whatever it is in there. And you look at them and you think, that person must be just so happy. You see their Facebook pictures, their Instagram pictures, you're like, they must be so happy. They have no problems. They're so happy. Wish I was like that. Ah, why can't I be like that? So I've got some Canadian celebrities, um, you know, to some quotes from some Canadian celebrities. Um, Justin Bieber, he recently, I think this is April or something, or is this year, May. He said, hey world, that glamorous lifestyle you see portrayed by famous people on Instagram, don't be fooled thinking their life is better than yours. I can promise you it's not. A lot of people are like, ah, what do you know? And it's so easy for you to say and whatever. But he's not the first guy to say something like this. And we all know every, like sadly, sadly, every few months there's a celebrity who dies accidentally or we know, we find out is like taking opioids to deal with their life. You don't do that if you're happy. So I think it speaks for itself that the appearance, as this example will show, <laughs> there's a background story to this. Appearance is not the reality. So last week, jo uh, Anna's in uh, half day preschool and they emailed us. They've been emailing us for like three months saying, we need a family photo. They have like a family photo wall in the school. So I've been ignoring it, ignoring it because we don't have great, it's very hard when you have kids to have good pictures unless you get them done like, I don't know, unless you, give some of those opioids to your kids so they stay still. <laughs> it's very hard to get good pictures where everybody's looking decent. Anyway, so I scrolled through our pictures at home. I couldn't find any. And I was like, Abuna, we really need to take a good family picture. Send it to school. And this was the deadline day, I think, or something. Anyway, so Abuna had an appointment in the morning. He was trying to get ready, rushing out. And he, the night before, he's like, can you get the girls ready to take a picture? I have to leave at, I don't know what time it was, eight. I was like, get two girls looking decent for a picture before eight. I don't know. And me. Anyway, so we were all rushing, trying to get ready, and screaming, crying, and then the camera, the memory card wasn't working, and so we had a little bit of a tiff. 
before we took this picture. This picture looks so happy. Everyone looks so happy and so rose. But what you don't know behind it is that we were actually arguing. <laughs> and in between the pictures, there was a lot of <laughs> between us. So don't believe what you see. That's not always the true full picture, okay? So the person that you're jealous of, that doesn't mean their entire life is rosy, rosy posy, whatever. Not that we're wishing bad on them, but like the devil makes everything come out of proportion and makes you think that, that so-and-so's life is just perfect and they're so happy. No, everybody has problems. They just don't go around, you don't go around sharing your personal problems with everyone, nor do they. Everybody has problems. Everybody has stuff that they are dealing with that is painful. <coughs> Excuse me. No, I missed. Okay, Jim Carrey, another Canadian. You probably don't recognize him because of the whopper beard. But um, he says, I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that it's not the answer. And many celebrities will tell you that. He's saying that, you, that that thing that the devil is making seem like, oh, if you just had that, you would be so happy. No, it's not the answer. Okay, so that's number, lie number one. If so-and-so must be so happy, no, they're not. Everybody has problems. We all have happy moments, but everybody has problems and stuff that they're dealing with. Lie number two, I would be so happy if I had that. Maybe so-and-so, well, they don't know how to make their life work and they don't know how to be happy with what they have, but if I had it, I would be free sailing or whatever the phrase is. So, another story in the Old Testament. Amnon, who is the son of David, who we talked about before. So he had a stepsister, a half-sister called Tamar. She was beautiful. And he saw her and it says that he loved her. Again, Middle Eastern man syndrome was telling me. He just, he was like, oh, I can't eat. I can't sleep. I love her so much. I, I just, all I can think about is Tamar, 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 Tamar. I just, I have to have her. If I have her, I will be so happy. Has there ever been a guy or a thing that you like, if I have it, I'll just be fine. If I have that Mac, I will be able to produce the best work you ever saw. If I have whatever that thing, if I can go on holiday every three months, I'm going to be the most productive person at work, whatever that might be. If I could have a personal trainer, I would be the slimmest I could ever be, ever be. Whatever it might be, this is what happened with Amnon. If I could have that. He raped her because she's his half-sister. He's not supposed to marry. He raped her. He couldn't wait. And it says, as soon as he hit, it was done, it says Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. I was actually uh, looking up the, the original words, I think the Hebrew is Old Testament, right? The Hebrew. Um, to see maybe, maybe the word for love is meant to be lust, but they just wrote love. But no, the word for it is actually love. It's not lust. They translated it correctly. And you know why? Because we will often... We don't think we're lusting after things. We think we love that thing. We think that we genuinely believe that if we have that thing, it will make us happy. We're not tricking it. We genuinely think that. If I was like so-and-so, or if I had that, then I would be so happy. The devil deceives us so much. Makes us really believe the things that we're feeling. St. Paul says, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. He says, I know how to be abased and how to abound. I know how to everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry and to abound and to suffer need. He is saying the connection between contentment and what I have, that's not, that's not what's going to make you happy. 
despite what the world tells us, despite what our heart tells us, despite what the devil tells us, despite what you see, what Facebook tells you and Instagram tells you, having does not make you happy. The verse that follows this, I didn't put it up, it says immediately following this, he's talking about being content and he's saying, I don't have and I don't have this and I had that, either didn't make a difference to me. You know what the verse following says? It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What does that have to do with having and not having? Doing. He's saying that my fulfillment, my contentment comes from living for God. It doesn't come from having this and having that. And, and that will take up all your energy and all your time. Being obsessed with what you're missing in life or how your life could have been better. How if my health had been better, I could have done this or I could. God is saying no. St. Paul is saying no. Like sick, hungry, ill, you know, well, that is not what is going to make the difference. There's been a lot of secular research, actually, that has shown that true happiness lies in leading a meaningful life. So is your life meaningful? And the devil, again, Facebook and Instagram, all this stuff, so smart in making us waste our time doing that being jealous or wishing or wanting to copy or whatever. But true happiness lies in having a meaningful life. Are you doing something meaningful in your life? Um, we're going to have a funny clip in a second. So in Ecclesiastes, the writer says, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. He's saying it's nothing. You know, grasping for the wind, you're trying to chase something, and you just can't, you can never catch it. And he's saying those things that we are jealous of, we'll never be, never be able to catch it. Not you won't ever be able to have it. What, have it. what are we grasping for actually? We are actually grasping for happiness. He's saying you can't have it from these things that you're searching for comes from something more. We're just going to watch a funny clip. Uh, I am not pro or anti-Trump. It's just a funny clip about grasping for the So uh, Trump is trying to get on, he's getting on a plane. You can play it again if you want. Yeah, or, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he gives up. <laughs> like okay whatever that's grasping for the wind like the wind is just it's not letting you grab a hold of whatever you're trying to grab a hold of and bless trump he's trying to be a good samaritan in the clip but <laughs> sabotaged okay um so in the book of james it says where do wars and fights come from among you and he's talking about things like jealousy, any bad feelings, anger, and, or thing, lusting. Or He says, do they not come from the desires that, for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. Abun always teaches us that lust is wanting something that God does not want for us right now. Same thing with jealousy, same family. Jealousy is wanting something that God doesn't want for you right now. Maybe God knows that being sick it's going to lead to greater blessing in your life right now. I know it's painful and it's really difficult and it is easier to be healthy for sure. But maybe God knows that being sick is going to lead to something holy and blessed in your life and other people's lives or whatever example. And the verse following says, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. He's saying, I want to give you, but we're asking for the wrong things. Not that we shouldn't go and tell God our desires and our dreams but then there should be another thing after you've gone and tell them but lord i really want that car or lord i really want to be married or lord i really want to have kids or lord i really want to be a doctor or whatever it, that i really want is that's okay to bring it to god and say it to god but then also give him a chance to let you 
ask something bigger and deeper and say, but Lord, do you have something else for me that you wanted to give me before I leave empty-handed? And he will tell you, yes, I have something I want to give you. I'm so glad you asked me and gave me a chance to give you the thing that I really wanted to give you that I knew was good. Um, I am not a big water drinker at all. Um, did you know that we're meant to drink eight eight-ounce glasses of water a day? I know a lot of people here are very healthy, and they do, so good, <laughs> well done. I am not very healthy, <laughs> and I don't. So I will, when I'm thirsty, I will go grab a soda or a juice. I love juice. And those things actually will dehydrate you more than they will hydrate you. Or coffee, coffee drinkers. I'm a tea drinker. Tea is the second most drunk. These are like in order of how popular these drinks are in the world. So I'm a tea drinker. But those things dehydrate you. God says to us that we have left him, forsaken him, and he is the real living water. And we've forsaken him to, to, to get a, a soda or a coffee when actually that's not what we need. We have built for ourselves broken cisterns. A cistern is like a jug. I don't know what it's called in Egypt has a name. Those jugs that they, you know, have on the street and they fill it with water. You can just drink it, whatever. It's like a jug uh, full of water. And he's saying, you, instead of coming to me and I want to fulfill your thirst, you're coming with a broken jug and trying to fill it with your own water. And of course, it is leaking as this funny next clip. This clip is true. Happened this year in Manchester in England. Some two not so well-meaning burglars robbed a store and they've got like tons of cash in their coats. And they're trying to get away, but they're... <laughs> Here we go. Again, the sound's not important. Is it playing? This is the verse in action. Like how to not be a robber. <laughs> what not to do. <laughs> He's like trying to escape with the cash and it's just like dripping, falling out of him and the wind is blowing it again, that wind. And he's risking his life to, to chase after this cash. He's like, anyway, so God is saying, don't be like them. Don't build your own jugs that have cracks in them. Don't seek for things that are not going to satisfy you. I am the only one that will satisfy you. And you find your satisfaction from God. We, we need to find what fulfills us from him, not from things, not from being like somebody. And we need to stop letting the devil trick us into thinking that having those things will make us so happy and so fulfilled because it doesn't. Lie number three, our last lie. This is a big one. God is not fair. If you search deep and down inside yourself, ultimately, when you're jealous of somebody, when we're jealous, we ultimately think God hasn't been fair to me. Why is it fair that so-and-so is the same age as me, grew up in the same place, you know, had a worse education than me, is more successful than me. How is that fair? Or how is it fair so-and-so has so much, they don't even come to church? That's not fair, Lord. Or whatever. Like, if we search deep inside ourselves, we will see that ultimately, we feel that life hasn't been fair. God hasn't been fair to us. Why is so-and-so able to jog, you know, 15 minutes a day, and I, I, you know, like, I can't even get up off a chair? Or whatever. It might be that really it just upsets you so much and it's so painful. Ultimately, we think that God is not fair. There's a really nice story that we probably don't even notice. It's a short story at the end of the gospel, of the gospel of John. So this is a picture of Jesus with Peter at the front and John behind them. So Jesus has risen from the dead and he's appeared to the disciples. And this is the time that he made breakfast on the shore. And they're so excited that Jesus is alive. He's not dead. 
Um, and Peter has denied Jesus. So Jesus is using this opportunity to tell Peter, don't worry, I know you denied me, but I want you to serve me. And he says, do you, do you love me three times? And, she, and Peter says, yes, I love you, Lord. And every time Jesus tells him, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, care for my sheep, as in like care for my people who are following me, care for the Christians, the believers, like people to follow Jesus. And then, and, and Jesus ends this by saying to Peter, follow me. You know what Peter says? He doesn't say, yeah, I'll follow you. You know what he says? Little old jealousy, I think, creeps up. What does he say? He's like, but what about John? What, like, what about him? If you know that eye, we're looking in the corner of eye, like looking at someone, that, clo- that person that we're always watching. I don't know, was he jealous of him? I don't know, it doesn't say. But I'm assuming perhaps he was. He looked down and he's like, but what about John? You know what Jesus said to him? He said, don't worry about John, but you, you follow me. And that is ultimately the th- one of the biggest things that will heal us from, he- from jealousy is to know that God has a calling for all of us. And what you have in your life, your circumstances, your situation right now, that is what God has called you to. And if we come to him and say, okay, Lord, this is how my life looks right now. Maybe I don't like parts of it at all. And I really wish it looked more like so-and-so's life. But this is how my life looks, right, right, looks like right now. What have you called me to? I'll tell you a confession. A lot of time, I love my family back home in London. I miss them a lot, especially when I first moved. I miss, used to miss them so much. I'm like, I don't understand why God brought me here. Like, I love my husband. I'm so happy to be married to him. But I really miss my family. Like, I don't understand. Why couldn't he have been in England? Why couldn't he have been British, you know? British are the best. Kidding, 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 kidding. But my mom used to tell me, but God has brought you to Canada for a reason. And as long as you're upset and looking at the thing that you don't have, you will miss that reason. And the same thing for all of us. God has your life looking like it does for a reason. Let us find out what that calling is. God is calling each one of us and saying, follow me. But let's find out what that calling is. Let's not miss it because we're so busy wishing that we were John or so whoever. This is another beautiful Facebook picture. But if you look hard enough, you can see that it's not as perfect as you would think. This is a picture of Nick Wojcic. I can never say his name correctly. He's known as the limbless preacher. He doesn't have arms and legs. He wasn't born with arms and legs. And he's a very well-known, very famous, well-loved preacher. He preaches all over the world about Jesus and tells people about Jesus, to believe in Jesus, even though he has no arms and no feet. I don't know about you, but when I have a cough, I'm like in bed for two days and I can't do anything. He doesn't have arms and legs and he didn't let it stop him. And he found his calling. He didn't say, well, I wish I was like so-and-so and just waste his life being bitter and resentful of people who have better health than him. I'm sure he had moments where he, it was very difficult to, for him and painful. I'm not, no one's denying that. But at the same time, he went out and he fulfilled his calling and he served God with his entire life. And this is his beautiful family that came later. It didn't come at the beginning. Uh, in the Bible, it's quick verses and then we'll wrap up. It says he will choose our inheritance for us. God has an inheritance for each one of us. He has stuff that he wants to bless us with. Not physical stuff. He has spiritual blessings he wants to bless us with. It says every good and perfect gift is from above. Those perfect gifts that God has given the person you're jealous of, those are from God. And God has perfect gifts for you too. But we need to stop holding on to jealousy and holding on to bitterness so that we can see what those blessings are. He says in the Psalms, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Let us walk uprightly. That means to follow God. That's what it means. It doesn't mean to be perfect. It just means follow God. Do your best and follow him. 
and no good thing will he withhold from you. Many promises in the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's not saying about worldly things. He's saying, first, we need to be close to him and then you will see the blessings that he gives us far surpass any of these meaningless things that we've seen like Jim Carrey and Bieber said, it's actually nothing. It's act Please don't be tricked. It's actually nothing. We will all end up in the grave and our stuff too. So it's actually nothing. It says, this is an important verse. You formed my inward parts. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. God has made each one of us very specially and very beautifully and uniquely. You know, at the end, his works, we're saying his, his works are marvelous. You, me, we are his works. We are his works and we are marvelous. You, and when I'm saying that, you're like, no, I'm not. Like, no, I'm not marvelous. I, I like this thing about me. I hate it. I hate this thing. About, well, no, God says you are marvelous. And let's stop letting the devil trick us and make us wear these dark glasses that can't see the beauty that God has made in us and the potential that God has put in us. Instead of wasting our effort and our time chasing the wind, let's put our time and our effort chasing God and the blessings that he has to give us. And when he blesses you, he will bless everyone around you too. That's how it works. So again, we'll remind ourselves, like Jesus said to Peter, he said, what is that to you? Don't worry about so-and-so and what their life is like. That's what I chose to give them and that's what they need right now. But you, you follow me. And God is calling us. He's saying, this stuff that you're jealous of is nothing. It is chasing for the wind. It is nothing. It will be dust. Don't let your life be wasted thinking that that is going to what will make us happy. We have to stop wasting our energy and our time on those things and instead let us spend ourselves in following him and seeing the glorious life that God has planned for us now and up there. And glory be to God forever. I don't know if you want to add anything. Abuna, we can pray or add anything. Glory be to God forever. God bless you all. Have a great week. And now the love of God the Father, the grace of his only begotten Son, the gift and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with you all, go in peace, and may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.